Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, podcast number 12 in the We Are Not Cattle series. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. i got a ton of stuff to talk about, a ton of uh, news to get into, and uh, it looks like i got my friend Daryl jumping on board with me for a little bit. So, I do want to get serious. Um, kind of real serious for a second. So, coming up and later on in the broadcast, the last half hour will be my interview that I ran with Lee Camp, um, fellow activist, comedian, an incredible person to just uh, listen to. Very, um, very knowledgeable, and we both kind of um, paralleled on our journeys where we both learned more outside of college than we did in college. Sorry to my great university, but. It's just the way it goes. Sometimes you learn about things that can be applicable in life, and sometimes you learn things that are applicable after you get out of college, which is the majority of what I learned when I got out. So to get serious for a second, we have two major issues here to tackle. And I've been contemplating this all day, whether I should even address it, but I'm going to have to. The fact that people are scared of what's going on in this country is understandable. It's completely understandable. And the fact that people get on national um, and international news outlets and are obviously shaken but don't want to be considered or deemed a conspiracy theorist. I have some stuff to say to everyone. Dark times are ahead. Dark times are ahead for our nation. And the way that we respond to this and the way that we go through these dark times is going to really let us know what kind of country we live in. Now, I do make light of the sheep sometimes, you know, and make fun of them because they don't care to be involved or they don't care to be informed and they don't care to to just get involved with day-to-day interactions outside of their um, controlled paradigm that they live in through no fault of their own. So what we're starting out here on this podcast with is a message to those out there that are whistleblowers, that have been shushed, that have, in essence, have shut it down, have said that there's too much evil, we can't fight this, we just, I just got to do what's best for my family and, and just stop. 
Now this is in response to what happened to the journalist for oh my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to forget exactly what publication he wrote for, but he wrote for um Rolling Stone magazine. Excuse me. And what happened to this journalist that said that he was going to break the biggest story that has ever been broken. Sending out cryptic emails to people telling them that this is going to be the biggest story. I I might bring down the CIA with this. And if you want my humbling opinion... It's one of two things. It was either tying the CIA to drug running, which we all know goes on, or it was an actual link that Obama is a CIA operative. Now, if you want something that's going to get your ass killed, that's going to be it. Because let's be honest about President Obama. We don't know who he is. The birth certificate he put out was a fake. The first thing that they put out wasn't even... Real And everybody keeps going back to that. But that's not the issue. The issue here is you had a, you've had two people whistleblowing. One man writes a, a hit piece and gets a, a senior official to resign. The other man actually blows the whistle on stuff that you're supposed to blow the whistle on. If the government violates the Constitution, you're supposed to blow the whistle on that. And now we have the inevitable piling on of the media. What are you guys doing? You so-called media are, are telling Glenn Greenwald... That he needs to be a co-conspirator because he's the vessel that tells the story? And then you have Michael Hastings that says, I'm going to blow the lid on the CIA and literally gets blown up in a freaking car with witnesses. And then the L.A. police come out and say, no foul play suspected right away, which is a dead giveaway, which is what I told my father, and he laughed at me. And now it's all coming out that 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 he drives like – and I'll play the clip for you here in a little bit. He drives like grandma, and he's like a, you know, very cautious about what he does, sends out a cryptic email, and then an hour and a half later dies in a fiery car crash. I mean you literally cannot write that shit into movies. Excuse my language. But if we all cower, if we all bow down, if we all just sit there and grovel to this, or if or if you bury your head in the sand and pretend like this is not going on, shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. These are huge issues. The media is being silenced. The media is being wiretapped. The media is being killed. I mean, wake up, people. This is not a game anymore. People are losing their lives trying to make this country better. And what do you do? You get excited about going and watching football in 10 weeks. Well, let me tell you one thing I'm not doing. I'm not going to watch football. 
I might not even watch a game this entire season. And for those of you that know me, that would be the the ultimate shock because I do love sports. I love it because it's the art of competition. It's something that these guys strive for perfection, just like how I like watching a great concert pianist or I love watching a great play. It's art. It's artful when you see the, the best in the world do what they do best. That's art. And and Hastings, what he did was art. You know, going and standing up against people that kill people for a living, that's balls. That's bigger balls than I've got. But the fact of the matter is, you've got, and I've got the clip right here, and I'm going to play it, and I'm just kind of disheveled right now. Because are we really are we really this cowardly? Are we really this group of just wanting to be slaves? Just just do whatever as long as I get my football and as long as I get my entertainment news and as long as I get my distractions. That's all it is. It's like, hey, give me all of my distractions and then you can kill whoever you want to kill as long as it's not me. So and I'm going to end with this because this is where it really hits home for me. I was out in yesterday and I and I was going to look for a game. As as most of you well know, um one of my outlets to to escape from all the madness is to is to play a video game. And I know what it is, I understand it and and I insert myself into the matrix knowingly. But then when I come out of the Matrix, I don't sit there and dwell on my video game. So I went into an outlet store to see how much I could get on a trade-in for my spy device, a.k.a. my Kinect system, which I had no idea what it did until all the stuff came out about what it was doing, and then I haven't used it for over a year. Basically unplugged it and left it in the floor. So I'm sitting there talking to one of the cashiers and they're very, you know, they're very, I guess, early 20s, very much um, sold on the propaganda. You can tell that they were very trendy because they were wearing very trendy clothes, a studded belt, all that good stuff. So I said, are you going to, I'm like, I'm not going to get that new Xbox, are you? And she's like, oh, I'm getting it. Oh, I'm going to get it. If I don't want the connect to see me, I'll just, you know, I just put a towel over it. And I said, I don't I don't think that you've really read the specs of what this thing does. And I told her about how it gathered all the data and it's, it sends out a humongous Wi-Fi signal. You got to have it connected to the internet 24/7 and it's basically reporting to the cloud and then Microsoft's going to sell your data to whomever that wants to data mine it and then get all the information they want out of you. In your life, and and people just and she just looked at me like I was nuts, and it sounds nuts, but believe me, I didn't develop the 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 equipment to do this. I didn't roll this stuff out. I've not been doing this for years. I'm not the one that's nuts. Just because people do nutty stuff in government doesn't make the people that report on it and the people that try to inform you doesn't make us crazy. But what we've become is a society 
full of people that all they care about is their circus. And that's why I'm sad. You have good people out there that are trying to fight the fight. Lee Camp's trying to fight the fight. I'm trying to fight the fight. Daryl Young's trying to fight the fight. Adam Kokesh is trying to fight the fight. Mm-hmm. Journalistic Revolution. I mean, Anthony Antonelli. You, I mean, all of these people. True Stream Media. That's the that's the Aaron Dykes branch off with him and uh, Melissa Melton. And so, you have a lot of people really trying to make a lot of impact here. But then you have the other part of society that's really that's really divided. They understand that the NSA is spying and they know that that's bad, but they don't really care because it doesn't affect their daily lives, or at least they think that it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is, is that we've got a government that repeatedly pisses on the Constitution. Literally. And then they start talking about people that blow the whistle on something that is constitutionally protected, start calling them the criminals. And they're the ones that should be put in jail. That's authoritarianism, people. When you have people cozy up to the establishment and say that anybody that comes out against the establishment needs to be offed or murdered or captured or questioned or tortured or anything like that, those are the bad guys. Those are the bad people. And just because they wear fancy suits and they sit in front of you know, $1,000 television cameras and they read off the teleprompters doesn't make them your buddy. And I'm extremely upset because Fox News, ABC News, you know what? I hope that you guys all go down in flames. I hope that nobody watches your crap anymore. But you're going to have the geriatrics that are going to watch you. You're going to have your over 50 demographic. You're going to have that. Take it. Because you know what? We can't reach those people because those people were raised on this belief that America is the good guys. Well, guess what? America is not the good guys anymore, people. We're not. You spy on your own citizens, you kill people with drones illegally, you start unjust wars, you fund al-Qaeda, and then you want to legalize all the illegals and give all of us RFID chips. Not RFID chips, excuse me. That's getting one step too far into the plan. You're going to give us all national ID cards. Well, you know what? This is what i got to say to you. And for those of you listening on the radio, just take a guess at the gesture I just made. Because I'm not going to live in a country like that. I'm not going to have a child that I have coming into this world live in a country like that. And I'm going to fight until I can't fight anymore. Until I run out of money. Until I run out of airtime. Until you guys shut off the web. Until you guys EMP the entire United States. I'm going to be here speaking out. And I'm going to be telling people. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to get more aggressive on telling people. So you know what? If you see me out in the street and I start talking to you, I'm sorry. But we have got to do something. Because if you silence – listen, if you silence the journalists in here, in this country, just study history, everybody. That's all i got to say. Study history. You don't even have to study a lot of history. Just look up Nazi Germany and look up Soviet Russia and and what they did. That's it. That's all you got to do. Fear, intimidation, and then all of a sudden everybody toes the party line, and then, and then America looks back 
with great hindsight and goes, how in the hell could the Germans fall for that crap? Because they had an incredible propaganda machine, which we have here. It is the same damn thing. The same damn thing. And yes, I'm mad. Yes, I'm frustrated. But there's so much that we can do with this, people. Use these things. Use these people. Call these people out. Go. I mean, I'm sorry, but listen. July 4th, if you are not out in front of your state's capital, I, I'm just. I'm assuming that you're not an American. Because if you can sit here and look at all this shit and logically tell me that everything's peaches, then I will go ahead and sign your papers and you can go to the insane asylum. And I know I sound extreme, but guess what? When you knock out the rule of law, which is what they're doing, rule of law is going out the window. You got cops busting down doors because people's grass is too high. You got cops tasering a little um, autistic child walking down the road. I mean, wake up, people. Cops, you guys don't want to do this stuff, I'm sure. And if you do, then you're seditious. Then you're, you're just a sadist. I don't know what you are. I don't know. The fact of the matter is I've, I've had Daryl Young sitting on the line here for 16 minutes because I'm just ranting and raving because I'm almost at the point where I can't take it anymore. And humor is not doing it for me tonight, guys. It's really not. It is not going to do it for me tonight. This is going to be an informative broadcast the way that it should have been. And I've tailed off and gotten into some, you know, some fun shows for me to do, but now it's time to get serious. I mean, you've got... New York City high school, I mean New Jersey high school people talking about now I mean first they couldn't talk trash to one another now they're going to talk about doing random drug tests guess who does random drug tests everybody guess who does random drug tests jail cells corporations do random drug tests just get all the people acclimated to the fact that you're a prisoner because that's where America's going everybody's got to get in the system somehow that's why cops pull you over and they want to put you in the system what's your name where you live all that crap that's why they want to do it they're told to do it. And cops, if you start if you start groveling to these people and you start taking these unlawful orders, I've talked to a bunch of cops. I got a friend a couple of friends that are cops. And I tell them all the time, like, listen, you know, don't throw the book at these people. You can't generate enough revenue. You can't. The country is bankrupt. Even worse than we were back after World War II. Even worse. To the point where it's just so outlandish that you try to ask an economist like how far in debt we are, they're like, we have no idea. Somewhere between 600 and something billion dollars in derivatives and upwards of like, I don't know, like 800, 800, 800 excuse me, trillion dollars. One more time. 600 and something trillion or 800 and something trillion with the derivatives and everything that are out there. And I'm not trying to scare you. You just need to be real. And you just need to demand change. Because this sitting up and listening to these stooges and Nancy Pelosi talk about, well, he broke the law. No, he didn't break the law. You guys broke the law. You broke the freaking law. Bill of Rights. Number of, article number four, Bill of Rights. You broke the law. And you don't get to write something down on a piece of paper because you're a politician and I've got a suit on. And, ooh, look at this. I, I signed it and I had 115 other people raise their hand too. All right, we got it. It's law now. It is completely law. No, no. Don't get to do that. This is not feudalism. This is not the lords making a law and then make the peasants pay for everything. 
All right, I'm going to Daryl Young. I think this is him on the line. Daryl, you're unmuted, man. I'm I'm about to blow blow a gasket here. Are you there? Yeah. If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. As always, thank you for having me, brother. But yeah, man, you definitely on point as always. I, I'm just sick of it, dude. I'm sick. Of, what what in the hell is going on at Fox News? Let me here. Let me play the clip for you first. I'm gonna play the clip for you first of um Fox News. And they're talking about um, – got to see if I can find it here. But there, everybody, Daryl Young from the Adam vs. the Man podcast, a regular guest on here with me. Um, Daryl, what's been going on in your world, man? Talk to talk to us about – please tell me you're doing some good up there in, in the District of Criminals and, and trying to spread the message about truth and liberty up there. Give me a good status yeah, report. Yeah, Adam man. actually just got back from L.A. today. So, you know, we're just, just getting ready for our smoke down in Philadelphia and just looking forward to the to the March on the 4th, man. Just just trying to get people active and, uh, and you know, concerned and, and pissed off enough that they want to get out there and get off their couch and, you know, stop being lazy. Yeah, that's what it is, man. We just got to get these people out of their comas. You, you've got to You've got to understand where this is going, guys. This is not going to happy fun time. I promise you, it is not going to have a fun time because um, it looks like that I uploaded this audio. Now I can't seem to find it. Uh, I'm going to go to the clip here of Glenn Greenwald on Meet the Press and Robert Gregory coming out and saying, I think that we should arrest you for aiding and abetting him. That's not aiding and abetting. It's just vetting a story. Are you kidding so here's the clip, and then uh, I'm going to try to find the other Fox News clip that I've got here that's super powerful. And, um, Daryl, I'll get your take on all of this on the backside, man. And uh, and we just need to have a conversation about about what the heck we're going to do. So sorry for the tirade at the beginning, guys, but, um, geez, stuff gets to me sometimes. You know, and it doesn't sound like it on air, but it really does. So here's the here's the clip. We'll be back in uh, about two minutes and 20 seconds. You're, you, you are um, a polemicist here. You have a point of view. You are a columnist. You're also a lawyer. You do not dispute that Edward Snowden has broken the law, do you? No, I think he's very clear about the fact that he did it because his conscience compelled him to do so, just like Daniel Ellsberg did 50 years ago when he released the Pentagon Papers and also admits that he broke the law. Um, I think the question, though, is how can he be charged with espionage? He didn't work for a foreign government. He could have sold this information for millions of dollars and enriched himself. He didn't do any of that either. He stepped forward, and as we want people to do in a democracy, as a government official, learned of wrongdoing and exposed it so we could have a democratic debate about the spying system. Do we really want to put people like that in prison for life? Um, when all they're doing is telling us as citizens what our political officials are doing in the dark. Um, final question before, for you, but I'd like you to hang around. I just want to get Pete Williams in here as well. Um, to the extent that you have aided and abetted Snowden, even in his current movements, why shouldn't you, Mr. Greenwald, be charged with a crime? I think it's pretty extraordinary that anybody who would call themselves a journalist would publicly muse about whether or not other journalists should be charged with felonies. The assumption in your question, David, is completely without evidence, the idea that I've aided and abetted him in any way. 
The scandal that arose in Washington before our stories began was about the fact that the Obama administration is trying to criminalize investigative journalism by going through the, the emails and phone records of AP reporters, accusing a Fox News journalist of the theory that you just embraced, being a co-conspirator with felony, in felonies for working with sources. If you want to embrace that theory, it means that every investigative journalist in the United States who works with their sources, who receives classified information, is a criminal. And it's precisely those theories and precisely that climate that has become so menacing in the United States. It's why the New Yorker's Jane Mayer said investigative reporting has come to a standstill, her word, as a result of the theories that you just referenced. Well, the question of who's a journalist may be up to a debate with regard to what you're doing. And of course, yeah, you're definitely not one. understands I was asking a question. That question has been raised by lawmakers as well. I'm oh. not embracing anything. Uh, oh, but yeah, whatever. Obviously, dude. I take your point. Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever. Just go sell out to the New World Order, dude. Just go sell out the corporatism. Just go sell out to it. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, just whatever, man. All right, Daryl, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm just mad at nobody want to bring up Bradley Manning. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, I respect yeah. this guy and what he did. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just a crazy terrorist. No, um, dude, but yeah, so um, I guess it's not that much of a serious crime because he wasn't officially a government employee and no. he's not benefiting by, by selling information to other quote unquote terrorists, people that the government has been spying on. But mm -hmm. uh, it's just, just the madness continues, man. Like, I'm just, just fed up with this, man. Like, this is not new to us. This happens repeatedly over and over in history and just look forward to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's just, it's like you said, it happens over and over in history and the people that just really need to understand that, that this kind of stuff doesn't lead to a good place. When you don't have a free press, when the press is is demonized, when the press is shunned, when the press is gone after, like, it it's amazing to watch these guys react. And I finally got the Fox clip up, and this is from a um, a friend of um, oh gosh of of Michael um, what's his last name? I just keep I keep spacing on his last name. Hold on a second. Um, mm, hold on. Uh, Has Hastings. Good gosh, why do I keep spacing on that? It and it's um it's one of his friends talking about how none of this stuff adds up and then you have um Kelly whatever her last name is from from Fox News um say well you know what the tin foiled hat people would say and i'm just getting really sick of that i'm getting really sick of it that you're considered a tin foil hat wearer if you don't believe the official narrative of known liars like the LA the LA police department Burn down Dorner in a building with police scanners saying, light the burner, burn it down, good burnt and burners are lit, and the house is on fire, great job, everybody, good job, we got him. And then they come out and say, well, we didn't really mean burn him down, like, you know, burn his house down, Yeah, but you have police scanners saying that. So when they come up to the scene of the crime, and hours after the scene of the crime saying, no foul play suspected, I even told my father, Daryl, I'm like, this guy was writing a big story about the CIA. He came out and brought down one of the um, – he brought down another guy that was a high-level um, official in government. I'm like, they killed this dude. And my dad's like, oh, that's yep. just preposterous. You can't, you can't say that. What do you mean I can't say that? The hell I can't. 
The guy freaking dies in a car crash. Supposedly his car catches fire, and the engine ejects 60 yards completely out to the right-hand side of the vehicle. And I can't say that there's foul play involved because some some guy in a costume with a shiny badge said, well, you know, my oh, 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 it doesn't look like, no, it just looks like it came to rust right here. That's it. No investigation, no nothing. There you go. So, Daryl, don't that you feel better? Definitely... Yeah, because the guys in the funny costume and shiny suits, uh, the shi- funny costume and shiny badges told us, is, you know, it's okay, it's normal, mm-hmm. it happened, so we're just supposed to go with the status quo and listen to whatever they say. Don't question mm-hmm. authorities. Don't question authorities, you crazy mm-hmm. terrorists. That's right. Now, you're going to say something else. You're going to say they they whacked him. I, I completely agree that they whacked him. I, what I said on the last podcast is... As I said, that they probably remote controlled his car and drove it through a bunch of lights like real crazy, so it looked like he was out of control, and then blew it up and then drove it into a um, and drove it into a tree, and yeah. that's what it's what it's looking like. So I'm going to go to the clip from Fox News with the um, with a Fox News reporter, Megan Kelly. I couldn't remember her first name and last name. I, heaven forbid, I forget somebody on Fox News's name. But uh, listen to. Um, Listen to what they have to say, and then I'm going to play a clip on the... Actually, let me play this first. Before we get into all that, to piggyback on the Glenn Greenwald thing, I've got... Um, th- this guy drives me nuts. Uh, Donald Trump, as if anybody cares about what he says, Donald Trump saying that we need to murk um, the guy for blowing the whistle, Snowden, for blowing the whistle on the NSA, that we just need to kill him. And, and, and in no uncertain terms, pretty much says that, that we just need to assassinate this guy. So a longer clip. Here's the clip, Daryl, and then we'll get into um, we'll get into the Hastings thing on on the backside, and then I've got a ton of news to cover. So stay tuned, everyone. Donald, let's talk about Eric uh, Edward Snowden. He was the one who dominated coverage over the weekend. Uh, Hong Kong says thumb in your eye, U.S. He's gone. So China lets him go. He lands in Russia. They say it's no problem. It looks like he might even think about staying there. Everyone seems so empowered to stick it to us these days. Well, first of all, he's a terrible guy. I said it right from the beginning. So many people are trying to defend him. Oh, look at what he's revealed. And isn't it wonderful what he's revealed? And yet people marching in his favor. He's a terrible guy who's really set our country back. China's now looking at us like, you know, we're taking We were hitting them hard on what they were doing in terms of what they were taking from us. And now they are really going at it. They're saying we're far worse than they ever were. And he's really hurt us in terms of relationship. And it really shows how weak our country's been and, and has become when you cannot get this guy back. I mean, you think you tell these countries, hey, folks, we're not doing any deals with you until this guy's on a plane. And, and, until, and that includes Russia. That includes everybody. Because we really have become a very different nation than we were. You know, it's interesting. On the front page of the New York Times uh, this morning, Mr. Trump, it, legal experts say the administration appeared to flub the case. Why didn't they revoke his passport after the charges were filed? Because they essentially had the chance to freeze him in place, and they didn't do it. They, they dropped the ball on this. Well, maybe they thought it wasn't politically uh, correct. You know, spies in the old days used to be executed. Uh, this guy is uh, becoming a hero in some circles. Now, I, I will say with the passage of time, even people that were sort of liking him and maybe trying to go on his side are maybe dropping out. But, you know, when you look at where he goes, and now nobody knows where he is. But we have to get him back, and we have to get him back fast. They're talking about it could take years. It could take months, but maybe years uh, that would be pathetic. 
I grew up in the American military, Mr. Trump, and I totally agree with you. I think anybody that does anything against this country should be taken to task for that. But don't you think that the things that we're doing here, other countries are doing too? I mean, all of the spying that we're doing, or quote-unquote spying, is just to protect this country. What do you feel about that? Well, they are, and, and the other countries are definitely doing it. And, you know, we used to uh, hit them pretty hard for doing it, and now they just look at us and, and smile right. because uh, what he's revealed is incredible. I mean, he's revealing things that nobody thought possible. And I think he's probably got stuff that's far. That's maybe why he's staying in Russia. Russia's very smart, and they're probably getting every possible thing out of him. They said, hey, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's not send him to Ecuador or wherever he's going. Let's immediately right. uh, let's talk to him for a couple of more days. This is pretty good stuff. Hey, i got to ask you, uh, Donald. First off, the president was so angry when gun control failed. He was so angry and uh, determined against Mitt Romney. Yeah, I had to I had to cut that off because then they just get into this tirade and they try to play the left right paradigm crap, you know, with Donald Trump who was a was an avid Democrat up until what the hell like two years ago and then all of a sudden he just goes into a closet and dun dun dun, dun I'm a Republican what the hell what the hell just happened so what do you think about that man what do you think about Donald Trump saying that we used to execute people for doing this kind of stuff and that that Snowden's not a hero, that he's a um that he's a liability, and then you got the little the person on the couch saying, Well, I think that anybody that does anything against this against this nation, I was a military you know, I was in a military family, and anybody that does anything against this that's like Nazi talk. What the hell? It's like anything that anybody that does anything against this nation is is, is a terrorist. It's like, wait a minute. We can fund the radical Islams over there to start wars with people so we can sell weapons. But your dumb ass is pissed off because somebody went and told the entire public what we've been telling them for years. Like, hey, public, guess what? They're spying on everything you do, Telecommunications Act, you know, whatever. And they just they just kind of brush it off. But, then, you know, you have people like this that the establishment comes out and says, this is the problem. You know, you, we can't get this guy back. And then they play the other nation card, like like Russia's going to get him and, and torture him and get all of our secrets. Dude, he's like a mid-level analyst. Come on. You could have kidnapped me, and I could have told him they were doing all this crap. I mean, did you guys not watch any of the interviews or anything like that with William Benny that I've played clips from his interviews on my on my show here? I mean, do you guys not know how to go and find this information? And the answer to that question is they do. They have all this information. They know all this stuff already. It's just they have to make a uh, they have to make a point out of these people to show the American public that we're not um, that, that we're tough. That's what Donald Trump wants to be. He wants to be tough. Well, I tell you what, Donald, why don't you go bankrupt again? How about that? Why don't you go bankrupt two more times and get yourself a better hairpiece, and then maybe we'll start listening to you. Daryl, your thoughts, man. Uh, yeah, Trump is just playing the political game is what he does, uh, just brainwashing sheeple to follow him as always. And to that lady who was like, uh, I, I was in the military. She's just a tool like anybody else is in the military. So how, why are you bragging about that? And she's admitting that, you know, our government spies and it's fraud protection, yada, yada, yada. That's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, what 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 sickens me is, you know, back, now, I hate to sound like conspiracy theorists, but back on 9-11, you know, the Bin Ladens were the only one allowed to leave the the, the country after the Twin Towers went down. Yeah, like, Bushes they, they, they and they wanted him to get away. It was not like, <laughs> if, if they wanted to stop this guy and, and as I said, uh, uh, freeze his passport, they could have done that. So they, they want to make a big scene out of this because it's going to be, uh, uh, 
this is going to be a cover-up story on what's really going on in the real world to distract us from what's going on. So just just be on the lookout for what's happening next, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah, and you're right, the Bin Laden thing. I mean, 9-11 is just such an interesting day. And then you have people that have this they have this patriotic tie to it. It's like somewhere deep in their psyche that they really want to believe that that a bunch of guys from Saudi Arabia grabbed box cutters and hijacked a bunch of planes and flew the planes into buildings, and so we go attack Iraq. You know, I've, I've tried to bring this up to a couple of different people, and they're like, well, they're, they're just Muslims, and that's what that's what Muslims do. They strap their kids to bombs and go, I'm like, you have got to get over this fear of Muslims, people. You have got to get over this. Yes, we probably have al-Qaeda cells here in the country. Yes, we probably do have real terror cells here in the country. We probably have MI6 here in the country. We probably have a lot of Hezbollah in the country. We probably got a lot of other you know, government-funded you know, terror groups that are here in this country. But that's all beside the point. The point being is that when they're making these announcements and they're making these statements to the public, like the statement that she made, well, I grew up in a military family, and I believe that anybody that goes against the you know that goes against the our our national public or our our national safety should be should be tried. I mean, you guys have just got to get over this. The fact of the matter is is that the United States is a captured country. We're captured, everybody. You're captured by foreign banks. You're captured by corporations. It's not some boogity 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 man. It's not Osama bin Laden hiding out in the um, you know in, in the foothills of Afghanistan. It's J.P. Morgan Chase. It's Walmart. It's companies like that that have more wealth. Their entire family and Lee Camp breaks that down so eloquently in our interview. More wealth than nations do. So stop looking at these people that are up there trying to sell you on how good the companies are and that the companies aren't involved and the country, the United States, isn't a sellout nation. We're completely a sellout nation. We're, we're selling to the highest bidder. And if you guys want to go research it, the United States was reorganized and the restructuring and all of that stuff after we came out of bankruptcy. Go research that and then you'll have pieces of the puzzle. But you tell people that. You know, you tell people to go look into the reorganization of the United States after we declared bankruptcy, and they don't they don't want to hear from it. They don't want to hear about it. So I, I just don't know what to tell people, Daryl. Um, we're running into really challenging times. So it looks like I got a caller on the line here. I have no idea who this is. So I'm gonna uh, let's see if I can do this little number right here. I'm gonna screen the callers. Caller, I'm not meaning to screen you, but I would like to know what your what your topic is on. And what you wanted to weigh in on. So I'm going to screen that caller real quick. A little fancy, dancy uh, switchboard I got here. But, you know, at the end of the day, Daryl, what, what do we do? I mean, what do we do against Fox News and other outlets that are trying to demonize these people that, that Donald says, well, some circles, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a freedom fighter in some circles, but we'll get them. They'll, they'll understand in a while. What, what does he mean by that? You probably got me on mute again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just saying that he's a terrorist and he needs to be killed because he, he's leaking information to the other terrorists, which is you and I and everybody else listening in, people that deserve to know what is going on with our tax dollars and what our government mm -hmm. is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and quit building spy centers all over the country and then lying about it or arresting people when they go up and try to film it. And I say, we know what you're doing. I'm like, it. 
you, you know, you guys have listened to my podcast for almost a, a year and a half now. You guys know I know what you're doing, and you just need to stop. And the people that are in, in that are in part entrenched in the system, I talk to a lot of people, Daryl, and I'm sure you do too, that have family members or stuff like that that are in that are in government, and they're like, well, what do we do? Like, oh, what do we do? I'm like, if if they if they come out and 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 they make a you know a, a big push towards abolishing a lot of these governmental agencies, then these people are out, out of work in an already tough jo- uh, you know economy. So their argument is, well, what do we do? Well, I tell you what, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to all be bankrupt, and we're just going to be sitting there waiting on the government to help us. And we all know, just ask everybody in Katrina how well that works out for them. Let me pull up this caller really quick and get a comment from her. Hold on one second. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. What's going on, Jake? This is Ramon from Miami. True question. Hey, what's up, man? What's happening, dude? What's going on? Nothing, man. Just listening to the conversation. Um... Donald Trump is sickening, man. These these billionaire banksters, homeboys, whatever you want to call them, they just they just make my stomach curl, man. Because I'm pretty sure they have the same means of information that we do. Yet they want to play ball so bad, they just try to distract the sheep. But we know what's going on, man. Like like I've told my boy Daryl, I know Crip. You know I've gotten to know him over the years and stuff. He's a real cool dude. Him and Adam. And we're awakening. It's, I feel really sad for these people who are trying to keep the status quo the way it is because when the society does wake up to the reality of what's going on, man, those are the people that are going to get it the worst. Now, I say we go. I say we go to Nuremberg trials for all these guys. I say they all get tried. If you're if you're an accomplice in all of this stuff, anybody from Fox News that goes along with this toting down the the establishment line, anybody from CNN, um, public radio, you name it. If you're an establishment line, Toady, and we find out that you knew stuff about what was going on, let's say that we find out that you knew some stuff about what was going on in the Boston bombing and you guys went with something else to kind of distract the sheep, you guys all need to be tried. I mean, that's it. We're supposed to have a free press. The only reason that the, the news was ever allowed to be put into place I don't want to even get into it. People, go look up why the news was actually allowed to be put in place and that what CNN and Fox do by the original declaration of our law is completely illegal, but they spin it and to say that it's entertainment and so they could do it 24-7 like what CNN did. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. Go ahead and continue. No, man, it's just, it's just, um, it really helps and in, in, in it's satisfying and gratifying to know that people like yourself are doing what you're doing, you know, because I live in the ghetto of Miami, man, where people are really, really sub- subjected to, you know, the psychological warfare tactics. You got neighbors shooting at each other, killing each other every day, and they don't really realize that, you know, we're all one. We're all in this together. Yeah. So to hear yeah. people like yourself and, and, and Crip and Adam and all the other, you know, alternative news site hosts and, and, and bloggers and stuff, it just feels good, man, because at times I'm pretty sure all you guys feel the same. Like, you just feel isolated. You feel alone in this great big world filled with liars, cheats, thieves, murderers, rapists, and everything else, man. And that's just in Washington. I mean, if you get outside of Washington, there's real criminals out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you, man, and it's... um. You know, it's one of those things that I, I have to keep putting myself in check because I do get I get frustrated, I get sad. And you know what's what's really scary about reality and what's really scary about what you call waking up and I 
and I don't know what we're going to have to deem this term, but I think it's just um I think it's just, you know, questioning is that once you get turned on to that, you can't stop. I mean, you really you really can't. There's nothing you can do. There's no amount of propaganda that'll be able to pull you back into the matrix cuz you see it for what it is. It's like, "Oh, that's an anti-family message. Oh, that's an anti-immigration message. Oh, that's a racist message and cloaked in something else." But, you know, I think that you're exactly right, man. As long as we all stick together and understand that this is this is not just a battle for for the United States. And I want I want to impart this to the audience because this is what you have to understand. The United States is the most is one of the most wealthy nations in the world and we do have the most freedoms. But what you're seeing now is you're seeing a slide towards slide towards, you know, totalitarianism, slide towards, you know, a police state which is going to cripple the media, which is going to cripple your free speech, which is going to cripple everything that this country was founded on. And I'm not so worried about Americans losing their right. Granted that is one of the big things that I do a fight for on a day-to-day basis. But we're one of the last beacons out in the world of things that can really happen and what democracy can really do and rule of law can really do. And I think that that's where we've really gone astray is that we have so many people politically infighting about what's going to be the way out. Well, anarcho-capitalism is going to be it or libertarianism or you know, being an extreme hardcore liberal is going to do it or bringing a rhino Republican is going to do it. No, first thing that's going to do it is you establish the rule of law, which is the first thing that we did. We're the only country that's ever been based on a rule of law, and now we're getting away from that, and that's why you're seeing everything everything just kind of digress. What do you think? Yeah, I'm glad you said what you said, because we are one of the last few beacons of light, man. And I remember I was listening to another alternative radio show recently, and um, the host had a real good clip that he played when um, – I believe it was someone from the Middle East. I'm not sure what country, but it was a regular citizen like how we are speaking out, and he gave a message to Americans letting them know that everybody's waiting on us, man. Egypt, Brazil, all those people are protesting, but everybody's waiting for us to become that, you know, that shining star to give the example to the rest of the world that no matter how totalitarian and dictator-like our government has become, that we have to take the power back. We have to believe in ourselves before anybody else does. It seems that if we were the ones to take the lead in the fight, everybody will follow us. Like like everyone saw during the uprising in Egypt and all the other countries, you know, Anonymous, the hacker group, they were the ones from here helping, you know, getting the Internet back up in those countries and getting information out to those people who in other situations would have pretty much been left and been slaughtered. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that, you know, the the torch has been lit and people are passing the baton to their friends and family and letting them know that everybody's waiting on us, man. It's Mm -hmm. our time to bring back the second revolution. That's why I totally support what Adam and um, and, um, Daryl and all those guys at Adam versus the Man are doing on the 4th of July because Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be about gun rights or, you know, freedom of speech. It's just about liberty. It's about freedom and getting the ideals back that brought us to where we are today. That's true. That's 100% true, and I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Thank you so much. It was uh, That's it, man. We're the beacon, and you're exactly right. The world is waiting to see what America does, and that's um, that's a really profound statement. And we're just – we're kind of sitting here, and, and I think that people in the liberty movement feel it. And I, and I know that this sounds really kooky, but – 
you know, I've had an out-of-body experience when I was a young child, and and I do I believe in an afterlife? Yes. Do I have any? Do I have any staunch uh, religious beliefs? No, because I didn't see anything in that in that in that time period that led me towards one religion or another. But what I do know is um, is that energy cannot be created or destroyed; it can only be transferred, and that's what I felt was a transfer of energy. So when I say that we're feeling this and liberty-minded people can feel this all over the country, is I think that you're going to feel it really start resonating in your bones. You're going to feel a different, a change in frequency, and you're going to feel that you're going to feel the change in the way that people act and the mannerisms. Just kind of like if you walk into a room and somebody's pissed off in the room, and they could be in the you know in the far corner. You don't even have to know that that person's pissed off. You can feel it. And I think that that's what we're feeling now is we're starting to feel the momentum and all of these scandals coming out and everything coming on top of one another. And you see the establishment panicking, going all over the place, trying to figure out what to say next, what to do next, what kind of lie can we bring out. And I feel really bad because I went to school with some people that work at CNN. I live in Atlanta. I mean, those people are and I know that they're probably in, you know, in decent places, and they probably do try to break good stories. And they'll go to the editor or they'll go to the program director and say, "Here's the piece I want to run. It's on government corruption." They're like, "Nope, that's going over here. You can't do that. You can't bring that out. We got to let somebody else break that story." So I think you're right, man. I think that the the uh, the vibrations have been set out in the universe, and and liberty is starting to be channeled by more and more people. And and I think that liberty is so contagious that once you get the bug for liberty and you see the exact opposite of liberty is what we have here in this country, I think that that's where everything's going to – is really going to start taking off. So I'm going to put you on hold for a little bit because you're, you're a great caller. Daryl, I'm going to put you on hold too. And I'm going to play this clip from Fox News and Megyn Kelly, and I want to get both of your breakdowns on this because um, it's this is really important, everybody. This is This is the part – where I say this, once again, giving the international signal, and it's not the high five, This is that's what I say to people at Fox News that that go out, and I understand you can't come out and say, well, you know, we believe such and such, but eventually either the media is going to grow balls or the alternative media is going to run you guys over because we're sick of you lying to us. So here is the clip. From Fox News, and um, I will pick it up on the backside so everybody enjoy. It's a little bit of a long clip. Um, thanks for tuning in if you're listening live every Tuesday and Thursday night from 9 until 11 Eastern Standard Time. I am here trying to wake up humanity and trying to get you guys pointed in the right direction, which is truth, liberty, and uniting in order to take on the tyrant. So thanks for listening. Here is the clip, and we'll catch it on the backside. Afghanistan Commander General Stanley McChrystal. Last week, Hastings was killed in a high-speed one-car crash. Immediately, his friends started raising questions about whether this was really an accident, as police quickly ruled. Then yesterday, we learned that hours before his death, Hastings sent a cryptic email to his friends and associates saying that the feds were investigating him and that he was on to a big story. Sergeant Joe Biggs is one of the friends who received that chilling email, and he joins us live. Sergeant, thank you for being here, and thank you for your service. So you knew Michael Hastings, uh, and I know that this raised alarm bells for you when you heard that he was killed. Why do you question whether this was truly an accident? Um, 
the fact the way that I've the other times that we've spoken before and this email I got it was just very panicked and it didn't seem like something normally we would talk about and I just felt a gut feeling something didn't feel right hmm? but the police say it's an uh, accident uh, they, they you know looked into it they said look he was driving fast it was 4.30 in the morning it was dark lost control of the car went through a red light hit a tree well his friends and family they know him everyone says he drives like a grandma so that right there doesn't seem like something that he would be doing I mean he had a lot of friends and family that cared about him he had a, a good life to live there's no way he would be acting erratic like that and driving that out of control. What do, what do you think is going on here? I mean, because we, we talked about this a couple of times just because it's getting so much attention on the Internet, and, and people who are close to Mr. Hastings uh, are still raising questions, questions about the LAPD and their conclusions, that this was an accident. What is the alternate theory, that he was, that he was murdered, that he was intentionally targeted by someone? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I just know that from the email... The hours later, dying, it's just not a coincidence like that. Things don't add up. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, I contacted by email Mercedes today, asked them if it's normal for their cars to blow up to that extent, um, for if the engines fly out on a normal basis. I mean, these are the real questions we need to ask. And what of the, I mean, obviously he's investigating a couple of high-profile cases. He's looking into, he said, um, Jill Kelly, uh, who was connected with the whole uh, well, that, and, and General General Clark. Go ahead. His wife today said that that's definitely not true, that he was uh, investigating into Jill Kelly. Michael Hastings' wife says he was not investigating that. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what was he investigating, as far as you know, that would have caused any consternation whatsoever by someone? CIA, but from what he said, or his last, one of the things he said is it was going to be the biggest story yet. The, you know, you know how people are going to react to this. They're going to say that the, the tinfoil hat people think the government killed this journalist uh, by taking exactly. over his control, his car, doing something to his car, and the, and the other people are going to say, uh, so there are people going to say that's, that's nuts. Your thoughts? I mean, I can understand both of viewpoints. But like I said, he's not someone that would be driving around erratically like that in the middle of the night. That just wasn't how he was. Um, so that just leaves a lot of questions and a lot of digging that need to be brought up and answered. I'm not going to speculate and say I think anything because that's just going to make me look crazy. <laughs> well, no one wants that. We just want answers. And it was interesting because uh, former, former counterterrorism uh, official Richard Clark spoke in an interview to the Huffington Post saying, look, he said it is possible. Uh, for intelligence agencies to seize control of a car remotely. That's what he claims. And to do what they want to it, and he went on to say, uh, reportedly, my rule has always been you don't knock down a conspiracy theory until you can prove it wrong. Uh, in any event, Sergeant, thank you for being here. Yes, ma'am, thank you. But yet we're going to rule it out right away and say it's the tinfoil hat people that did it, and that's what we believe. So, all right, I'm going to pull up everybody. So... Daryl, what do you think? What do you make of all this, dude? I mean, obviously, you know, the guy comes out and says, you know, I'll, I'll turn it over to you in one second just to let everybody know. The guy comes out, sends out a cryptic email to everybody, says, I'm being followed by the FBI. They're wanting me for questioning. I'm going into hiding. I, I'm out of here. And then an hour and a half later, boom, 
but everything's fine because the guys in costumes and badges said that they were on the scene and no foul play suspected. Every Everything's fine. Go ahead, Daryl. Yeah, enough for thought. Our 3D printer just got in, so I'm going to have to go after this last comment. But, yeah, if you've never, never seen the show Bait Car, yeah, like they, they can shut down your car as they choose. They have self-driving cars, so they can definitely take control of your car and do what they want. And I'm just glad that he made an announcement that, that the government was indeed following him and watching him. So, you know, mm-hmm. when something happens, they'd be like, oh, uh, possibility that the government could have killed him. If there's a possibility, there's a great possibility because this is stuff our government has done repeatedly over and over again. I know it's not like a broken record, but shit, this is what our government does, man. It's crazy. Dude, that's what every government does. What are you talking about? Every, I mean, come on. More journalists and more whistleblowers get killed all across the world than anybody else. I mean, it's just a matter of fact that you get an authoritarian regime or you get something you get some real dirt on somebody really high up in in the in the power structure. You're dead, son. That's how it works. And but Amer- Americans live in this shield of of this shield of deniability that that can't ever happen here because it's a uh, it's this is America that can't happen here. So hey, Daryl, thanks for joining us on the podcast, man. And go um go print me up a lower receiver for a nine millimeter, will you? <laughs> you know it. Thanks for having me, bro. Until next time, man. You got it, man. Take care. All right, who is this, Ramon from Florida? Yes, sir. All right, what do you think, man? I think that all mainstream media anchors need to be um, treated worse than the Nuremberg trials, man. What's worse than putting these people on a Nuremberg trial? Because they're the gatekeepers. They're supposed to be the brave ones bringing us the true story, holding these people accountable, yet they play ball like I've never seen before. Even back in 1993, with the Dan Rathers interview about the FBI supplying the terrorists with the bomb, helping them plan it and everything else, funding them, giving them passports and everything. It's like ever since the the 1991-2011 speech that George Bush gave, I believe he was at Congress or the United Nations when he said they needed a new world order, it was like ever since then, all journalists and all these people who are supposed to be holding these people accountable just lost their balls, man. They have mm-hmm. no they have no self respect anymore. They're just whores. They're whoring themselves out to the highest bidder. Any corporation that's providing them with millions of dollars a year, they'll just be quiet, man. The evidence speaks for itself. Cars don't blow up from crashing into trees and motors definitely don't fly out of the compartments ninety yards up the street. Like the man no, no. I mean, only only in the movies does that stuff happen, and I think that that's why maybe maybe that's why the domesticated sheep like public believes that because they're like, well, I did you know I did see a movie where that happened. I did see Sylvester Stallone dodge four bullets and then get shot in the shot in the arm five times and then pull it out by himself and then he's fine. So obviously, stuff like that can happen. So um, hold on one second. We've got another caller on the line here. I think um, I think this is another friend of mine. So let me pull this caller up. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. Are you talking to me? This is Tyler. Yes. Hey, area. what's up, Tyler? What's going on, man? Hey, hey, yeah, it's good to be on the show for the first time. Um, yeah, I, I like how we're talking about the recent Mike, Michael Hastings assassination. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to bring up the question about, uh, like, since journalists and uh, all these different people are being assassinated and, you know, they come out and they immediately say that uh, 
it was there's nothing to see here. There's no foul mm-hmm. play within an hour before a coroner even goes out there. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to uh, bring up a very highly controversial topic: is uh, why is Alex Jones able to survive when he uh, he seems to be like the, one of the only lone journalists out there that's really battling against against them and in, in the uh, tip he says the tip of the spear in the info war. Um, I, I think it's a very, very big possibility that not only is he compromised, but um, um, he, he makes the uh, 9/11 Truth movement and just the resistance movement look very clownish. I mean, sometimes when I when I watch his show, mm-hmm. he, it just it, it seems like he's he's just like putting on a, uh, like there's a lot of fake crying going on and. Um, that's why I think it's so important that uh, we are not cattle, and mm-hmm. other uh, other radio show hosts uh, are doing what you're doing. Um, what do you think about all that? Well, I think it I think it boils down to um, a couple of different things. Number one, everybody receives information differently, so. Sometimes the ranting and raving and and stuff like that gets to people and it shakes them out of their trance and that's fine. Sometimes people need like an NPR voice or something like that. And sometimes people just need um a little bit less of that and you know and listen to people like, you know, Joe Rogan who has really in, intriguing guests on and they get into a lot of elaborate topics and and it's just about expanding expanding your mind and and questioning things. He's got a new show coming out called Question Everything that's coming out on the Science Channel or something like that, which is going to be fantastic. But um number 2, the reason they haven't killed Alex Jones is because they haven't gotten him on a dirt road like they did with Bill Cooper. That's my that's my take. Because Bill Cooper did the exact same things that Alex Jones was doing. Was going around giving lectures was um, doing a a nightly radio show up to three hours explaining the same information that Alex Jones explains into a little bit greater detail. He tied the Masons into it a little bit more, and he would really get into the occultist view of things. And he had naval intelligence ties, and and people couldn't imagine how he wasn't killed, but then he, he was eventually murdered. He was eventually murdared by the Sheriff's Department. So it's, number one... Alex Jones is a very visible person, and number two, he's got uh, about 40 people working for him, so they, I think that the establishment believes that it's easier for them to just go and with the idea that he's a crazy conspiracy theorist, and that anybody that's aligned with any sort of establishment media will kind of take that to heart and not even go try him out, especially when you've got you know, like the like the fakes, like Glenn Beck and people like that, the fake libertarians, or and I don't want to call him a fake libertarian. Maybe he has woken up to all this stuff, but I don't I don't trust people like Glenn Beck just because I've Glenn seen Beck. what they do, and and it's a it's it's a career move for them. It's 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 money to them. It's a job. It's not it's not doing it for the reasons that Alex Jones talks about where he says he makes 7 million dollars a year and he has to pay 600,000 dollars in bandwidth. I know that's true because if you're running if you're running like a 10 gig, you know, port to that one little warehouse, I know how much that costs a month. It's at least 25 30,000 dollars a month and that's for the low end. And if he's sending out all that information and he's got servers and IT departments, they're spending a ton of money to run that operation. So I don't think that it's so much that 
the fake crying and stuff. I, I you know, I, I see that, but here's what I see. That's that's trying to fill up three hours of radio, Tyler. I mean, it really is because it's hard enough for me to get on here and do it twice a week for for two hours a day, trying to go through all the news and get everything set up and then, you know, articulate the way that I want to and, and get all this and get the message out in the in the proper format. But um, you know, doing it three hours a day every day, that's um that's a lot of work and sometimes there's just not a lot of news to cover. So I think he he goes on tangents and he goes down roads that that most people will shut off down, but you know, it's trying to um it's trying to fill a little bit of time, I think. And and I don't think that it's anything more than that. But if I mean, do you think that he's compromised in in the movement? Do you think so? Well, we could uh, spend quite a bit of time uh like bringing up the Austin gun rally incident where uh there was a dispute, like a bit of a power struggle between um mm-hmm. I don't know if some of your audience has seen that video, um, Alex Jones definitely was not, did not handle himself in the best way. Uh, but I also see that this could be a bit of a, um, a bit of a banal argument just because um, it's a failed intelligence strategy if the establishment puts someone in there who, even if he's spouting a bit of disinformation, mm-hmm. um, he's still blowing the top off their whole operation. No, that's that's the truth, and that's always the counterpoint that I make with people is that, you know, if Alex Jones really was a disinfo agent, he wouldn't hit so many high notes. Ramon from Florida, what do you think, man? What do you think about Alex Jones? Do you watch him at all? Do you do you subscribe to maybe the fact that he might be compromised? Uh, yeah, I listen to him occasionally, and I've gotten through the show a few times and been on air with him. But see, I think people put too much on Alex Jones. Just mm-hmm. look past the messenger and look at the message. That's right. Through the misinformation. If you if you don't like some of the things he's saying and you don't mm-hmm. agree, go mm-hmm. ahead and make a video or call in the mm-hmm. show and t- tell him how you don't like it or you don't agree, and mm-hmm. maybe he'll retract it and realize that maybe he was wrong. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, don't like his views on Israel and how he really doesn't go at the fact that, you know, there are a lot of, they're they're the aggressors in, in a lot of the you know Middle Eastern problems, but I've also well, heard him. That's take because they know they got us. They got us back and let them spit their views out. And you know, I really don't look at Alex Jones like some hero in the movement. I look at the information he's giving me, see through it, find what's true, and then go from there. Just like mm-hmm. yourself, Jake. Like I don't, I wouldn't say that I agree with you on everything because I haven't heard all your views. But I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the opportunity to tell me how you feel about things. I'll go research myself and find out, you know, if I agree or not. But I'm not going <laughs> to run around telling everybody that Jake Counts is the all-truth-telling radio show host. And, you know, that's the problem. Everybody puts so much on Alex Jones. We have sure. thousands of people now. If, if yep. Alex Jones isn't the guy for you, you know, go check out Adam versus the Man and check out Jake right. Counts or or any of the other ones out there, and maybe you'll find someone who you like better who isn't so animated, but is pretty much giving you the same information. That's correct. And like I said, it's it, it you know everybody everybody receives information differently. And and my whole goal for the show was to be was to be calm, succinct. Occasionally get fired up. Occasionally have some funniness to it, because. You know what it's all about is it's about the information and it's about empowering individuals. It's about empowering the human species because 
if you if you read and study what what people in the ruling class want to do, and let's just go ahead and call it what it is, guys. We're working slowly towards a feudal system again. We're working towards where the government are the lords and where the serfs. It's the same thing that we've done over and over in history. So the way that I look at it is that we need to awaken the masses, awaken the serfs, and start, you know, a slave rebellion, you know, no pun intended, because it is, we're all debt slaves, but we do need to start like a slave rebellion against the establishment and say, no, we can do better than this. But the only way that we're going to do better is that here in America, we have to establish the rule of law first and not waver from the rule of law and not say, well, you know, we can't kill American citizens unless we have the NDAA. Well, now we can, but we're not really going to use it for you. See, it, you can't have contradicting laws. You have a law of the land, which we either we either go by or we amend it. We don't make you know edicts and we don't make statutes and we don't do you know executive orders to skirt this stuff. That's not how this nation was set up, and that's why you're seeing this nation fall apart is because the rule of law is going away. And what happens when the rule of law goes away? We all know this. Corruption rises to the top. And then corruption just becomes like a grab bag of people at the very top that look good in suits and know how to talk to people. Believe me, guys, I was in corporate sales for seven years. I can tell a shyster when I see one and a slick-talking salesman when I see one. I don't have to go to a used car dealership. Believe me, there were tons of them in the telecom industry that I was in. And you can just shake hands with these people and go, this guy would sell his own mother out for $5. I know it. And that's just how – that's who we have running the country. So if – unless we all come to grips with the fact that we're losing the fact that we have no rule of law, that we're losing our our rights, our individual God-given rights here in this nation that should be backed by everything, that should, Magna Carta, you name it, we should have total protection from these things. But we're losing those, and then corruption's running rampant. And then everybody starts going, well, it's the right, well, it's the Democrats, well, it's George Bush, well, it's Barack Obama. No, guys, it's all of them. It's been a train, it's been a parade of these imbeciles that come through here, and they're just in it to pad their own pocket and to get themselves a nice fat contract or a cush job when they get out of being a senator. I mean, take, take for instance, Saxby Chambliss, the senator from the state of Georgia that I live in here. The guy literally came out and said that we only spy on the bad guys. And the reason that he said that is because somebody debriefed him on it and said, no, 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 don't worry. Don't listen to what everybody's going to say. We're only spying on the bad guys, and this is what you need to go out and tell the public so the public believes you. Because once again, he speaks in a nice, slow, southern drawl. Listen, we're only spying on the bad guys. And Tyler knows what I'm talking about. Tyler's from Georgia. Did you ever see that press conference with him and and um, Diane um, Feinstein? I've seen a couple of the Feinstein ones, particularly the one where uh, I think the lady's name is Medea Benjamin and mm -hmm. some other people protesting drones. And But I haven't seen that particular one. Yeah, it's I've got the audio for it, and I played it in the last couple uh, podcasts, so I'll uh, I'll send it to you, but um, or I'll send you the link on YouTube. But you know, it's just her and and Saxby Chambliss getting up there and and lying to the public and saying, "Listen, we're not spying on you. It's just metadata." 
And they like saying it's just metadata, which, you know, anybody that knows anything about technology, the metadata is the most important part because it gives you the time, the geolocation, everything. So it, it is one of those things where we're, we really do live in an Orwellian state. So, guys, I've got about um, 10 minutes here, and what I was going to do is I'm going to pull up some news articles that I'd like to touch on. And um, let's find the – ooh, this is the one. This will leave us with a nice, good conversation piece at the very end. And let's see. Where did it go? The New Jersey – oh, charges are actually getting filed against John Corzine. Amazing. The guy steals um, you know a billion dollars out of segregated accounts, and they're finally – they're finally saying that um oh he might um we might have to investigate this huh about time oh just because you work for Goldman Sachs dude doesn't mean you get to i mean you get to rule the world for a couple of years but it doesn't mean you get to you know get out and and do whatever the heck you want to do all right so here is the one that i wanted to get into and this touches on um oh by the way i did not put up the post for fluoride in the water it's um excuse me the the study that I have is 500 pages, so if anybody wants to read it, I will be putting it up after the show tonight, so it'll be under the show notes. You can check out the website, wearenotcattle.net, and it'll be right there under the show notes for podcast number 12. So here is the article, and this is from the Daily Caller. It says, D.C. bureaucrat, water quality complaints could be considered an act of terrorism, literally. Unsatisfied with the with the quality of your water and eager to let the government and eager to let the government know it, you might be a terrorist, according to Department of Environmental and or Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. He says we take water quality very seriously, very very seriously, says Deputy Director of the TDEC Division of Water Resources, um, Sherwin Smith told a baffled and outraged audience in um, Murray County, Tennessee. But you need to make sure that when you make water, and this is a quote, but you need to make sure that when you make water quality complaints that you have a basis because federal because federally there are no water quality issues, that being considered under the homeland, that could be considered under homeland security an act of terrorism. So now you can't even speak out about the quality of your water even though you know that they're putting toxic chemicals in it <clears throat> in order to meet quote unquote FDA standards or um which was actually set up by a bunch of uh, dentists to create or do, to stop tooth decay but you know we all know how well that worked out it actually does um in the study that I have it actually says that it it doesn't help tooth decay it actually makes it worse but it makes your teeth nice and white, so there you go. So now, what do you guys think? Ramon in Florida, I'll go to you first, man. Um, what do you think about the government saying that you cannot – you you better have some basis to uh, to talk about your water quality. Otherwise, you we can consider you a terrorist. Man, we've been considered terrorists ever since we spoke out about 9-11. People like myself have been speaking out for years, so we're not worried about all these – threats and all these so-called government officials telling us that we're, our lives are in danger, our freedom's in danger for speaking the truth. I'm mm -hmm. not a Christian. I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in the creator of the universe. But even if you are a Christian and you believe Jesus, wasn't he crucified for speaking the truth? I never heard about Jesus hurting anyone. 
So mm-hmm. he was pretty much one of us. I've heard on one of your earlier podcasts that you, or I think uh, another podcast I was listening to, maybe on Adam versus the Man, they were saying that they believed that Jesus was a libertarian. And I'm starting to think so as well because he was all about speaking the truth. And now whistleblowers, like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Julia Davis and her story, the former Department of Homeland Security, Security whistleblower, you're going after the people that are bringing you the truth yet the people that are committing high treason and war crimes are getting promotions in government. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bizarro world. I don't know if y'all remember from from Superman, the cartoon, in the, in the, in the old shows, they used to have bizarro mm-hmm. world where everything yep. was backwards. Where mm-hmm. up was down, good was bad, and black was white, and everything you could possibly think of. And it's, I'm starting to feel like that every day now. You know, you have... Yeah. People putting their lives on the line, their careers, their families, their sanity, their freedom. Look at look at um look at um Private Manning, man. They're, they're treating them like some type of war criminal when all he did was show us that our government was killing innocent civilians in, in foreign countries, man. I don't understand what the public is going to have to see or what they're going to have to go through to wake up and realize that uh these government hugs <laughs> are really stabs in the back. Dude, you can't you can't steal my government hugs line, man. Come on. I oh, mean, I'm just giving you props, man. Just, you, know, you know they say the best form of flattery is when someone uses what you say. Man. Imitation, That's hey, imitation you. is the best form of flattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 absolutely, man. I agree, man. And and you're exactly right. It is. It's kind of bizarre world, but um, the Bradley Manny thing is is what I just can't understand. It's like, hey, look, we've got people committing war crimes. It's like, there's the criminal. Like, wait a minute. What? What the hell just happened right there? Put him in the jail. You can't go around telling outlandish stories about, you know, transmissions you intercepted about the, you know, drone strikes. It wasn't drone strikes. It was just killing innocent kids. Yeah, helicopters killing innocent kids just for funsies. Hey, this is fun. Look. Ah, run, you little ragheads. I mean, that's... And I'm quoting from the actual video, guys. I'm not being, you know, I'm trying to be mean, but, but that's what you're exactly right, man. That's what bizarro world. So, um, Tyler, what do you think? I know that you're a big anti-fluoride guy, and you even give me, you know, rightfully so. When I try to cook pasta here at my house, you gave me some crap about, you know, not filtering my water first. So I appreciate you keeping me in check. But um, what do you make of that? That we can't approach the gods. You can't approach a government god oh, unless you have a bow. unless you have a yeah unless you have a really good you better have a really good reason because I could consider this an act of terrorism. What do you say to that, Tyler? Yeah. Well, they say that hell is a place without reason, and we're. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got to one up you on some of these other. Uh, uh, this is just part of the symptoms, you know. Uh, the recent incident where. Uh, a, a family was raided over their grass being too long, mm-hmm. and the uh, recent FBI propaga- propaganda with, um, like, they say if you use paper money, you're a terrorist. If no, you yeah, if you are use on your, cash. If you, visit, if you visit news sites, you're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. No, I've got, all, I've got all those. I've got the... Um, which one do I? Which I've got. I'll post these with the show, also, guys. Since we're bringing this up, people will not believe this stuff. I've got the Mayak Homeland Security report that says anybody that likes Ron Paul or Pat Buchanan's a terrorist and is extremist. I've got the extremist, um, the extremist post 
where it says like um it's got like the the blueprints of an extremist it's like if they do any of these things they're an extremist and like i checked off everything on the list it's like if you prep if you don't trust the government if you don't trust the federal reserve and like all of these just crazy things it's like holy cow and uh tyler you made a really good point and this is the one thing that i would say is that um you make a really good point about um if 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 this is hell then hell is a place with no reason then maybe we are in some semblance of purgatory here if you believe in that kind of spiritual stuff or not maybe this is in in back to what ramon said in florida this is this is our test this is the test for the american people do you stand up to corruption or do you let it run over you i i have chosen to stand up and and if anything happens because Tyler, you've ridden in the car with me before. My wife has ridden in the car with me before, and she says that would be Jake. That would be the telltale sign that they that they offed you is that if they said that you were speeding down the road somewhere, which would be like a dead giveaway because I never speed because I don't want to pay extra money to the government for no reason, like running a red light or you know driving too fast. So, guys, You're that's about all. Very careful. <sighs> you know. I just try to do what I can, man. I try to be a good citizen and try to be a good person and a good human being on top of that. So I guess in this day and age, that's about the best we can do. So, guys, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm going to play my um, recorded interview from with Lee Camp from a couple of days ago. So thanks so much for the call. Ramon, call back anytime. Tyler, call back anytime. Love having you guys on the broadcast. I, and I do apologize. I would like to take this, go ahead. Uh, I would like to take this final uh, before we sign out here. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like for uh, you guys to check out, if you're in Georgia, we have an uh, activist organization, Georgia Activists. Uh, mm-hmm. We work with We Are Change, uh, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, people against the NDAA. Anything that you're uh, charged up about, we'll get behind you. Uh, come check us out on Facebook. Thanks for having All right, me. What's the, what's the, hey, what's the Facebook? Really quick, Tyler, before we let you go. I think it's just facebook.com slash or. Uh, groups, Georgia activists. I don't know. Okay. Should, should right. be able to find it with a quick search. Sweet. All right. And I'm a, I'm a member, so if you guys are having trouble, just message me at wearenotcattle at gmail.com and I'll hook you guys up. Thanks for coming on board, Tyler. Ramon, you got anything that you promote down there in Florida that we need to be aware of? Um, man, just everybody who's liberty oriented. You know, I, I totally. All the sheep and everyone who was on reality TV stu- stuff, I just totally X them off my friends list on Facebook and Twitter. And everybody who's on my friends list is totally oriented on bringing this society on the right path, man. I just want to salute you guys for doing a great job. Tyler, keep up the great work. All the architects and engineers, celebrities, and everyone speaking out, just keep up the great work, man. We got them on their toes. All these threats are coming for a reason. They feel threatened by us. They know we have the power. So just keep up the great work at uh, We Are Not Cattle, and I'll definitely be supporting you guys letting everybody know about you, man. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate your call, and thanks for the time. That's all the time we got, everybody. I am going to air my interview with Lee Camp that I filmed a couple days ago. Powerful stuff, so enjoy, and um, that will close the show. So be sure to share it with everybody. Follow me on Twitter, We Are Not Cattle, the number one. Um, go to my website, wearenotcattle.net, and I'm sorry, I will not have a video feed for this. It looks like I just ran out of video on my um, memory stick, so there will be no video. It will be an audio-only podcast, but it will be just as impactful. So enjoy it, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Love, liberty, and freedom. So here is my interview with Lee Camp.
Enjoy. I am joined by Lee Camp, comedian, activist, fellow truth seeker. So, um, hey, Lee, thanks for spending some time with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, I, you and I talked, you and I were talking right before we went on air about, um, about the Fox News interview. So, I did want to kind of cover a few things um, front and center. Obviously, you're a comedian. So, um, you know, you do have some shows coming up, but uh, I just wanted to find out, how did you get started in comedy? Uh, I was doing, I mean, I wanted to be a comedian since I was, uh, you know, since I was like 12 or something, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I started performing in college, and it was all non-political stuff, you know, observational, Jerry Steinfeld, uh, let, sure. me tell you, let me tell you about my dog kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of grew and I evolved. And um, after years of playing the comedy clubs in New York and touring the country, playing colleges, uh, it just kept growing and becoming more and more political. And uh, and it, it's kind of the only type of comedy I want to do now. <laughs> well, I can definitely relate to that. So um, now, how did you get? What was the uh, what was the turning point for you? How did you start becoming political? What were what were like some events that woke you up? I know you've mentioned John Perkins' book before in one of your videos. That was one of the um, the anvils on my head. What uh, what kind of got you t uh, trending towards uh, activism and being more um, more political? Um, yeah, I mean his book was one of the several important books in terms of kind of my awakening to how the world works. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, it's called Confessions of an Economic Hitman was his first book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but there was, you know, there were several, even, even fiction like Catch 22 and, uh, watching Democracy Now and just kind of getting my news from outside sources, uh, mm -hmm. made a huge difference. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was kind of like, I feel like my education happened after college. It was like I got done with college and then I was like, oh, now I can actually start educating myself on how the world actually works. That's that's what you get from the majority of activists that I talk to. It's it's never anything that you learn in the in the public brainwashing institution, and it's typically never anything that you learn in college. It's the it's the real world application, and then just uh, questioning things. And then once you start questioning, well, damn, how did? What do you mean the Fed gets to print money? What what are you talking about? And then you know typically that'll that'll jump you off the diving board and. Send you into a whole different direction. So, how did you get involved in the uh, in activism and, and Occupy and all those guys? Um, well, it it actually started. Uh, I got an email. I started doing the Moment of Clarity rants. You know, these, mm -hmm. I do these uh, th three to five minute rants twice a week. And a, a uh, fairly well known blogger named David DeGraw contacted me and in, in 2011 and uh, said. You know, I want to try and do this move your move your money occupation thing mm -hmm. on June 14th of that year, and uh, will you make a video kind of promoting it? So I did that, and we then did the move your money on June 14th. Uh, you know, it didn't get that much traction, a little bit maybe, but not that much. And and then kind of it, you know, what what David DeGraw was pushing forward and what several other people were pushing forward kind of coalesced into Occupy, and Adbusters joined on to what they were doing, and. Uh, and that's when Occupy started, uh, September 17th of that year, and, and I was there the first night, and, and it was just great to see it spread around the country. I started doing a lot of videos about it, and then uh, whenever I was in any city, I would go perform at Occupy, and, and uh, I probably ended up performing at a dozen of them, both in the U.S. and Canada, and, and uh, you know, the most amazing people in the world. Absolutely, and it's just the people that understand what what has happened to society 
especially here in the United States and, you know, being in the compartmentalized um, mainstream media, a lot of people don't understand what's really happened to this country. And the people that do, we're, we're kind of looked upon as, as, the, um, as the oddballs, I guess. So what would you say is the biggest misconception about the Occupy movement itself? The biggest misconception, um, I'd say it's that, that Occupy, both when it was, uh, when occupying was the main tactic, uh, mm-hmm. and now, uh, I said the biggest misconception is that they don't, that they or we or whatever you want to say don't know what we want and don't know what our demands are. Now, there's definitely an argument to be made that the demands or the, the, what, what we want to change, uh, should be limited down. But in terms of, you know, not knowing or, or not voicing demands, I mean, you could walk around any Occupy in any city and get essentially the same ten, you know, eight or ten uh, demands of the system that mm-hmm. need to change in order for us to have a, a sustainable system, in order for us to have a system that works for everyone as opposed to just working for a, a small percentage. And, you know, yes, there were, there was the, there was the occasional person down at one of the protests that, you know, wanted to save the dolphins, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, important, <laughs> but, but perhaps not the main request. But if you really polled people, it was the same shit, you know, it yeah. was like, it was getting, getting money out of politics and, and, uh, you know, bringing back Glass-Steagall and, 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 uh, uh, you know, ending the, the, the corruption in the, in the, uh, the political sphere and money in politics has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so it was really the same things, you know, like, uh, it, it, it wasn't, everyone knows that all the wealth is accumulating in the top 1% and that when that happens, eventually it ends in collapse or, you know, worse. And, and like, even the people there know that. Like, if you talk to people on Wall Street, the ones I've spoken to, most of them, understand that it can't go on forever they they just feel like they've got you know if they're lucky they've got another five or ten years of uh you know uh, grabbing all the loot out of the burning building right yeah just they got five more years of absolutely raping the public before the public figures out what goes on or they completely destroy the system i think you're spot on with both of those conclusions and now um what's front and center on your radar screen obviously you got the nsa stuff coming out you got the the suspicious death of the Rolling Stone reporter. What's what's front and center on in Lee Camp's world right now? Yeah, I mean, I try and look at the the big picture. So the NSA is definitely a a, a very large picture thing to see how um, how our government. But it's beyond it's beyond our government. It's like the power elite, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the top whatever percentage point one percent that largely uh run our our government and and our nation are now uh spying on everything we do and say and and like it it kind of is outrageous that you aren't you don't see more complaint from the american people that you aren't seeing people in the streets i mean when when Sto- when edward snowden uh released that information i i definitely thought i mean despite being the most cynical person in the world i definitely thought there was going to be more outrage but what you see is the media is is really impressive at you know uh, uh quelling the outrage it, they mm-hmm. they they dump cold water on it quite quickly and this goes for the quote unquote left media and the right media sure they they both say the same things you know well they'll they'll have the argument over and over again is Snowden a traitor? Is he or is he not? You know, the right. left will go, well, maybe he's not. But just by having, just by making that the debate, mm-hmm. they've essentially taken the anger out of people about what the NSA's done and made it this argument about one man. 
No, you're, you're exactly right. They control the narrative by making the debate about is it legal or is it illegal, not what the fuck is going on? What do you mean everything that I do is being spied upon? What do you mean all this stuff is is getting dumped into a big database and they're having you know third-party individuals go through and data mine it? What do you guys – and you're exactly right. It doesn't matter if it's the right wing, left wing, wherever you stand on it. If it's a mainstream media issue, they're going to – remember, they're going to support this establishment because that's who funds most of their operations. So they're going to sit there and, and defend it and, and play like uh, political football games or political Ferris wheel is what I call it. You just get on the Ferris wheel. It goes up and down, but you don't really go anywhere, and you just basically talk yourself in a circle. Right, so, and the other the other thing they love to do uh, is the we already knew all this information game. Oh yeah. Basically, basically, as long as they say that, people will just shut up. And mm -hmm. you know, I get a lot of that too. I put up two uh, pretty popular videos uh, for Moment of Clarity. That's the rant I do, mm -hmm. and I put two of them up: one about Snowden and Bradley Manning, and one about uh, NSA. And I kept getting these responses of people going, "We already knew all this stuff. We already knew all this stuff." Even if that were true, even mm -hmm. if you like won the argument that all of this was essentially known, mm -hmm. that doesn't that that doesn't that shouldn't end the the anger and the outrage over it. We should all be in the streets, you know, demanding our privacy be returned. Which let's keep in mind, all of this is done under the guise of for the uh, for the uh, 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 to protect us from terrorism, for the mm -hmm. war on terror. Meanwhile, you have twice as many people in America dying from peanut allergies as from terror. You know, probably at least as many dying from uh, texting while driving or, you know, probably ten times as many uh, dying from texting while driving. Yeah, so where is that outrage? Where is the where is the let's give up all our rights to be protected from texting outrage? It does. It, it's absolutely irrational the way we behave, giving up every right that this country has been founded on to be protected from something that you're more likely to get struck by lightning than die from a terror attack. Yeah, and and the one thing that I I mention on my podcast a lot is that you're eight times more likely to get killed by a cop than you are a terrorist. But yet when cops pull you over, you feel completely safe because they've got you know a shiny they got a shiny badge on and a costume. So it it really does speak to the actual psyche of the American public. Now, what do you think causes this? Um, what do you think causes? I've heard many people say that it's um. It's cognitive dissonance coupled with a couple of other psychological terms, and, and cognitive dissonance means that obviously if a hurricane has never hit New York City, then a hurricane will never hit New York City, and that's kind of the mentality, do you think? What do you think keeps the sheep in their little comfort zone? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's all the media stuff we've been talking about, which, I mean, it's it's not – like, I don't want to act like it's only idiots that believe this stuff. I mean, I I very much, even when I became kind of more politically awake, I still believed that the left-wing media was based, you know, and if we want to call it that, it's really more... Uh, uh, corporate more, media. More, corporate, corporate more, media. Yeah. Well, but uh, no, no, I don't think all the media is left-wing. I mean, Fox News is as right-wing as they, they, they come. <laughs> but I, I, I was referring to the left-wing, which is a bad term. But let, let's say MSNBC. I used to think that MSNBC uh, cared about what the left wing cared about but really what they care about is what the corporate democrats care about mm -hmm. and that's and that's where it ends and they will never go beyond that and so the the the, the media like you know puts forward these narratives and very smart people believe them that those right. are our options you know right. uh those are the only you know, the, the the debate is as we were saying before the debate is is Snowden a traitor or not the debate is never 
you know, forget Snowden. How angry should we be over these NSA revelations? Like that, that debate is largely not had. And even if it is had, you know, some of those people will point me to one 30 second clip going, look, it was covered on CNN. And you're like, look, they have 24 seven news mm-hmm. and they spent 30 seconds on something I say wasn't covered and that counts as covering it. Right. I and they probably did it at like two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning when their right. entire audience is asleep. Right, right, right. But so beyond the media, I think that, yeah, it is, even though people are very much suffering, and there's more homeless people in New York than than, uh, since the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. um, even though people are very much suffering, we do have a level of comfort in this country that allows even the suffering people to still have a roof over their head, to still have pretty clean water. You know, they won't get the cancer for 20 years from now. Sure. So uh, they, they clean water and, the, you know, food that's not actually food, but we all think it's food, so that, that counts. Right. So they all, we all have enough comfort that, that it, it, people aren't angry enough. And then I think the final, the, the final factor is just a learned helplessness. Right. You know, one of my favorite studies, which I guess was done back when you were allowed to harm dogs in your studies, mm-hmm. uh, was they, they took two dogs and one of them was shocked and had a way to avoid the shocks. And the other one was shocked and had no way to avoid the shocks. And then, it's after they shocked him, and the one that could avoid him learned to avoid it quite quickly. Mm-hmm. The one that couldn't avoid it, eventually they gave him a way to avoid the shocks, but he didn't use it. He didn't mm-hmm. care to find out because he learned he was helpless against the shocks. Right. So a dog that's been shocked over and over again and has learned he can't avoid it will stop trying to look for a way to avoid it. So we have decided, and, you know, Occupy getting kicked off the streets is a good example of this. We, I think a lot of Americans have decided that protest doesn't work, that standing up doesn't work, that speaking out doesn't work, that they have to do their, their job and, and, and stick to their, their uh, you know, to, to their day-to-day and, and, and never really fight back. Uh, and that's the only option. Well, it's it's really sad that, like you said, that even if you, even if you do rally people, like here in Atlanta, we had the big. I mean, it was all over the country. You had the big march on Monsanto and all that stuff. And here in Atlanta, we had um, we had like probably three to five thousand people. And then when the media covers it, it's like, oh, seven hundred people showed up for a little rally. And you know, it couples that with the fact that people are just like you said, they're they're in their comfort zone. I heard a statistic, and maybe I was on your interview with Max Kaiser. I don't remember exactly where I get this number from, but it was something like that um, even the poorest Americans live better than 80% of the people around the world. So that really does speak to what you're saying is that we, we're lucky and blessed to be living in America, but the fact that what America stood for and what it should be and what it should still stand for is being slowly eroded, and then they come out and make um, just bullshit excuses for why they're doing it. We're we're fighting a phony war on terror because we got to sell weapons, and then we got to arm the Syrian rebels that are affiliated with Al Qaeda. I just don't, I don't get what um, what's going on here. So, what do you think the solution is for some of this stuff? Obviously, standing up doesn't work. Are there solutions for the American public? Are there ways for us to really voice our opinion and and well, make change? Well, hold on. Let, let, let me back up and, and address some things. Uh, one thing is, is uh, yeah, I think uh, Max said that 80% number on the interview, and I did get uh, one person email me recently, and she had one good point. Uh, some of what she said I didn't agree with, but she had one good point about when we say that we live better than 80% of the world, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of people use that to uh, to as, as a reason to feel guilty about like, well, we don't need to stand up. We are living so wealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Why are we? What What is there to stand up about? But mm-hmm. of course, 
that's bullshit because right. because the wealth is still getting amassed in, in in a very small percentage. You know, the six heirs of the Walmart fortune have the same amount of wealth as the bottom forty percent of the country, one hundred and twenty five million people. Right. So the wealth is, is is amassed in a tiny percentage of people, and the the ramifications, you know, the repercussions are throughout the world. They're right. like it, it affects the entire world. So you're not just standing up for us. You're standing up for for everybody and for the society we live in and 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 a sustainable society. You know, and even if we're living well, even if we were all sitting on gold toilets right now, mm-hmm. right. that wouldn't change the fact that we are living in such a way that this earth can't sustain it. It it will not be able to sustain it uh forever. And so the, yeah. you know, so it doesn't matter whether we're happy or comfortable or not, which I don't believe we are, but still that's not a reason not to stand up. Um, and then the other thing is, is you said obviously standing up doesn't work, and I don't want to uh, sign on to that. I I believe that it hasn't worked uh, to some degree, mm-hmm. but uh, two things. One is uh, if you look at Occupy and things like that, it very much has worked in a larger degree than the media wants to admit, because Occupy changed the entire conversation in this country from austerity to income disparity, to wealth inequality. Mm -hmm. So, And even if that that argument is now being pushed back towards austerity, it still means that over the course of a month, we changed the entire discussion, despite having all the media against us, changed Mm -hmm. the entire discussion in this country, and became the first spontaneous, leaderless, global protest in the history of mankind. So there's a lot to be said for that achievement. Um, the, the the second thing is that, uh, you know, standing up hasn't worked. Uh, it never works until it does. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, any any great protest you've seen in the history of mankind, whether it be, you know, Gandhi or, or civil rights or whatever, mm-hmm. it very much looks like it's not working until it does. Right. I mean, you, easily the the people of Egypt could have could have gone home and and you know what's what's happening in Egypt now doesn't, to, in my opinion, that doesn't change the success of getting Mubarak out and uh, and the people standing up for themselves. But anyway, uh, right. it, they easily could have gone home after the first uh, uh, you know set of of cops or thugs or whatever they were rode through the square mm-hmm. uh, shooting people and p- hitting people with baseball bats and said, you know, standing up doesn't work. Right. But eventually it did. Um, so I think I think that's something we have to keep in mind, that, that standing up never works until it does. So. Yeah, exactly. And and I didn't mean to I didn't mean to poo poo the idea of standing up because obviously I have uh, I have friends like um I have friends like Adam Kokesh that are organizing, you know, um, people to just be at the capitals at every state capital on July 4th and just in in a in a peaceful protest and and it's just a protest saying that look we're we're tired of the banks running our country we're tired of the banks sending our troops over to fight unjust wars we're tired of all this stuff and I think that you make a really good point it doesn't work until it works because if you see what happened in Brazil I mean they had just a couple thousand people start standing up over you know a, a, a minuscule hike in bus fares. And now look at it. Today there were reports of up to 2 million people out there because they're pissed off that their government's wasting money. They're bringing the World Cup here, and then you know they're giving all this extravagant you know, praise to the World Cup and, and, the, and the Confederate Cup or whatever it's called down there. But then they're neglecting their people. So you're exactly yeah, right in the fact. Apparently, it's going to cost billions of dollars to bring the World Cup, and meanwhile, they're you know the the, the struggling people struggle even more. And, right. uh, and their tax dollars go to pay for that. 
And I think Americans don't realize how similar that is to what we're dealing with because all of these sports stadiums that go in in various cities mm-hmm. are get major tax, uh, you know, they're, they're allowed to avoid taxes. They're, they're given all these all this, you know, tax relief in order to bring these stadiums to these cities, and taxpayers foot the bill. You know, we all end up paying for these stadiums and, and, and sports and everything, and, and not to mention all the other places our, our tax dollars go. But meanwhile, our infrastructure collapses. You right. Know, we, right. We can't, our tax dollars, which, which are paid to help our society, to create a better society for all of us, should go to things like bridges and things we all mm-hmm. use, as opposed to given to uh, owners of sports stadiums. Correct, and then they. I live in Atlanta, so I'm running through this right now. Where the Georgia Dome is, um, I think it's a little bit over, like 15 years old, and it just got renovated like five years ago. But now they want to move it, and the stadium's going to cost a billion dollars, literally a, a, an effing billion dollars. And they're trying to figure out where they're going to put this monstrosity. And then you have, you know, small segments of the population like myself that are going, no, we're, no, I'm not paying for a damn sports stadium right now. Our country is in great peril, and you guys want to spend a billion dollars. But then you have, you know, people on the other side that that just hear new sports stadium, and they don't realize how it's going to affect their pocketbook and their wallet. So it does really, you do run the gauntlet of things that we can we can really do here, and whether it's sports stadiums or whether it's the private prisons, those are the things that really drive me nuts. Like the prisons, the way that they've got them set up now in most of these states, they'll they'll make the they'll make the funding public to actually build the prisons, yeah. and then they make the profits private by hiring you know Wackenhut or whatever the fuck they're called now, and they'll bring those guys in, and then they have like insider deals with the municipalities to keep it at ninety percent occupancy, and then you had this thing come out last night on my Georgia News, and not to Bogart the mic or anything, but they're now incentivizing cops to write tickets. And then the the, right. the the chief of police comes out and says, well, it's not that we're incentivizing to write tickets. We're incentivizing people to actually show up in court because people are actually beating the system. Well, if you guys wouldn't go out there and revenue generate all day, then then we might be able to make something happen. And you guys didn't buy freaking armored vehicles and parade them down the street like that's freedom. Then, right. then we might be in good shape. I right. mean, uh- the, the the private prisons is is horrific and it's an issue that more of America needs to pay attention to. Um, we have five percent of the world's population and twenty five percent of the world's prisoners, mm-hmm. and it's 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 outlandish that this many of our citizens should be put in prison. And it's not just the years you spend in prison, but then once you get out, I mean, you're you're it's, it's often on your permanent record. Your you're life screwed. Is screwed up. Your family's screwed up. I mean, mm-hmm. not seeing your kids for two years or three years or however many, and then you're trying to get a job with a prison record. It's it's just destroys lives and and most of this you know what i don't know the percentages but a lot of these are for you know small relatively small levels of, of drug consumption or drug uh, right. uh, uh, use and and it, it you know my my opinion is listen people have to medicate themselves against life 70% of america is on prescription pills which are legal and then you put the people that are on pot you know in jail and what, what, why is one worse than the other? People are medicating themselves against life because if you don't medicate yourself against life, it flares up and stings like a bitch. Yeah. So, you know, different people do different things. I happen to use whiskey. Some people dress up like Power Rangers and hump lampposts. Yeah. I don't think you should make the life medication illegal. And the NYPD came out recently. The NYPD spent over a million hours over the past decade arresting people for small-level pot consumption, like 25 grams or less, 440,000 arrests. 
because people are smoking a joint. And, and, and the, the same lawmakers that are putting in these private prisons to make the money for their friends and their, you know, their little corporate buddies, mm. they're the ones passing the laws that put these people in these prisons. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you have people that, um, uh, the, the pot, the pot deal and, and everybody knows that, um, I'm a big advocate of, of cannabis just because of the fact that, that it was, it was, it was free. This is what frustrates me is that people don't understand how it even became illegal. And it became illegal due through, you know, some big lobbyist getting up there and saying that this is this new drug and we got to be terrified of it. And then he puts out all of this propaganda about, you know, um, I can't even remember what. They, they, they probably found one story of a four-year-old who choked on a joint or something. No, it literally came out that he was right. He was writing stories that were just completely false about people smoking a joint and then hacking up a bunch of people. And he 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 admitted that to Congress, and he's like, "Oh, here, look at all these news stories that he had his paid journalists go out and write, you know, fake pieces about it. You know, this is something that had been." You know, medicine for 3,000 years, and it's one of the best biofuels on the planet. It's one of the best textiles on the planet. And like you said, if we want to try to save this, if we want to try to save the world, not just looking at it in a myopic perspective, let's save the United States because it's so much bigger than that. If you want to really transform the world, start using hemp instead of cotton. I mean, start using hemp instead of corn. I mean, you're actually burning food. This is the craziest shit in the world. You burn food to make oil less expensive, and then it raises oil, and then it raises gas prices. It's just yeah, and speaking, speaking of corn, that's another lobby issue. I mean, because of the corn lobby, we uh, we like corn is in three out of every four products mm-hmm. you see in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like a something like a chicken nugget, a McDonald's chicken nugget has something like thirty ingredients and like thirty eight ingredients, and like thirty of them are corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know why we're still calling it a chicken nugget. I think you should call it a corn nugget with a hint of chicken <laughs> and some plastic in there for you too. By the way, there's some plastic in there for and, you as well in the chicken. Oh, just so sick. Well, um, anything else you wanted to uh, to touch on before you go? Um, obviously, promote. Um, obviously, you have the website uh, LeeCamp.net. What other What other stuff do you got floating around out there? Yeah, LeeCamp.net. My Twitter's at LeeCamp. My Facebook is LeeCamp Comedian, and uh, I'm creating. I put up two to three free videos a week. Um, we're creating. We just did a successful Kickstarter. Raised a lot of money to create a new Moment of Clarity show. So we're in the process of doing that. I have a whole team working on that with me. Awesome. And uh, then I also tour live my schedules at LeeCamp.net, too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that the last the last big thing is pretty much everything you and I have talked about, uh, or a lot of it, comes down to money and politics. So mm-hmm. everybody should check out Move to Amend. Uh, I think it's .com. So Move to Amend, and is that probably, I'm going to assume it's to to at least challenge the Supreme Court ruling that corporations are somehow people? Yeah, it's to amend the Constitution uh, to to uh, challenge that and get money out of politics, Citizens United decision, and the, and those kind of things that have allowed uh, this this ridiculous flood of of money into our system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like fifty percent of Congress is millionaires, whereas one percent of the U.S. population is millionaires. Yeah. So it's. It's we're not being represented. The whole point of Congress, the whole point of our system is that we're represented by uh, someone who's similar to us, who's, who's our peers. But instead, we've 
shifted into plutocracy, which is ruled by the wealthy. Exactly. And, uh, it's and, not cor and, and corporatism on top of that. So now, um, just out of my curiosity, what would you categorize yourself um, from a political stance? I hate I hate labels, but obviously um, from a from a financial standpoint, and also like from I guess from a, a currency standpoint, like what do you believe as far as currency goes and economics, and also what do you believe from a um, from just a pure political perspective? Well, I'm I'm far left. Um, I actually did think that that Obama could create some change in in the first when when he was first elected. Mm -hmm. um, I I I think I was I was clearly uh, mistaken, mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> you know that was. That was five years ago, and heaven I, forbid uh, a politician Brad, lied to you, Lee. Heaven it, forbid a politician lied to you. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Well, there's yeah, there's a great video of uh, of him of the 2007 Obama arguing with the 2013 Obama, <laughs> and it, it's pretty freaking incredible. It's you know, it's like him saying no more warrantless wiretapping, no more you know spying on citizens without any reason, <laughs> and uh, it's it's hysterical. But anyway. Uh, I'm I'm far left but but the thing is like I don't think that our polit I don't think that the two parties that we're allowed to vote for the Democrats and the Republicans and keep in mind everybody should know this because it's sadly still not common knowledge that Jill Stein tried to attend one of the debates and uh the Green Party presidential yeah, yeah. candidate mm -hmm. and was locked in a basement chained to a chair with an armed guard for the entirety of the debate. Uh this is a you know like 60 year old woman who's about Four foot two. I'm mm -hmm. exaggerating, but she's tiny. Yeah. And apparently is such a a risk, such a threat to our democracy that she she might get some information out there that doesn't fit in the two party paradigm that she had to be chained to a chair with an armed guard <laughs> while America got to see the two allowable candidates uh, debate the issues. Um, and you can read that news story uh, uh, online pretty easily. But. Yeah. I, I think it, it comes down to our two parties don't actually represent uh, much of a difference anymore except on certain social issues, you know, like gay marriage. Sure. But for the most part, they're, they're, they're the corporate party. They're a single corporate party, um, and, and the, the outside the corporate party, and this is why I have more in common, even though I'm far left, I have more in common with, say, Ron Paul or something mm -hmm. than I do with a lot of Democrats, and Ron Paul has... You know, even though he runs or or Rand Paul now runs as a as a Republican, they don't like they have less in common with Republicans than you know than than just about anybody. Like right. it doesn't the system doesn't work anymore. It doesn't mm -hmm. actually speak to anything anymore. Uh, the parties don't mean anything anymore. And and so I think we need to start thinking of corporate candidates and non corporate candidates, and that's really where you're going to see a difference. That's, uh, rather that's a really than, good point. Rather than pretending that that the Democrats and the Republicans uh, uh, are going to are going to be different on anything, and you know a great a great place you saw just how bought and sold our Congress is, and this is not taking any stance on the gun issue. This is just this is just going by the polls. Right. That apparently background checks. They've done surveys. Background checks. Only background checks are more popular in America than kittens. <laughs> than freaking kittens. All right. <laughs> And 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 yet still, our Congress couldn't pass background checks because they're not representing America. No. If they represented America, that would have gotten through easily. With that would have gotten through with ninety percent of the vote if they represented America. Right. But instead, you have something that's more popular than kittens, and it can't <coughs> it can't get through Congress. And by the way, the one thing I am happy about that though is I, is I I am tired of kittens being up on their high horse 
with all their every video they post, get the million views. They are so full of themselves. They're nothing but a pretty face. Absolutely, man. I mean, we work we work hard and try to inform people. We get like 3,000 views, and, you know, all they got to do is lay on their back and, you know, put their paws out, and that's a couple million YouTube likes right there. Nice. But, uh, you know, I I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, Plug all your stuff one more time really quick so we can make sure to get the word out about you. And uh, I'm going to actually come try to see you in uh, – in, aren't you going to be in Asheville in July, on July 1st? Yeah, come on down. Yeah, yeah man. North Carolina. Absolutely. That's a beautiful place. Have you ever been there before? Yeah, once. It is. It's gorgeous, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you just want to stay. <laughs> I know. I know. Seriously. It's, it's a wonderful city. But, yeah, if people are there, I'll I'll be in Asheville on July 1st. But all the schedule and the details and everything is at LeeCamp.net, as are the free videos and the free podcast uh, called Moment of Clarity. And uh, I have two comedy albums out uh, that, that are far funnier than everything I've said here. <laughs> and uh, and a book as well, Moment of Clarity book that was number five on Amazon's political humor list. It was actually beating Bill Maher for a while, but it was still losing out to Glenn Beck. But I just like that Glenn Beck is now categorized as political humor. Well, it is in my book. I mean, that guy <laughs> went that guy went from morning shock jock to CNN to Fox to to Fox Afternoon to his own show, and now he's all about. Now he's all about conspiracies. He does a really great job of making his making himself some money, though. Any anything that's hot, he can really latch well, onto it. You make a lot of money, but basically, he and some other radio show hosts have learned that they need a conspiracy every day in order to get ratings. Mm-hmm. So you know, one out of every hundred could be true, right. but it they don't differentiate. So just every day, new conspiracy coming out. Oh, absolutely. Or they, or they at least present the paradigm that it could be a conspiracy. Well, you know, there's good, there's good and bad things to that. I mean, at least you get the people thinking, but you don't want people thinking conspiracy all the time. The real big conspiracy we both know is inside of the uh, district of criminals up there. So as long as we can all work together to change that, and I, I guess I would consider myself an anarcho-capitalist, so I, I believe that government will be someday obsolete. I think that we're perfectly capable of governing ourselves. And like you said, one of the biggest issues that that government was supposed to tackle and the reason that corporations were actually invented was to create roads. And so now we have infrastructure problems, and you have every president get up there and talk about it. And I think that you hit on it before. Isn't it like 70% plus that are actually – that the – that the of the bridges in America that are obsolete and and are in danger of collapsing. Yeah, there's something like sixty six thousand that are uh, structurally deficit. Oh, that <laughs> everything's fine though, guys. Everything's fine. Don't worry. The government's going to build a new you know two billion dollar drone. And uh, there was an article that came out today about um, this new stealth fighter that they've got, and they said that. Um, they think the Chinese have hacked the uh, the blueprints for it and and stole the uh, the stealth the new stealth plane that was worth a couple million dollars. So, you know everything's fine. They'll just go build a couple million dollar fighters and go over there to Syria and um, you know support freedom over there for them. But meanwhile, here in America, we get uh, we get no freedom, no freedom of speech, and we get no privacy. So, welcome to America, everybody. And I got a little chant here for you, Lee. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but this is a little chant I typically do on the podcast, and this is how we'll end it. <laughs> Oh yes, that's how everybody reacts to arresting the terrorist up in um, in Boston as they drive black trucks around pointing machine guns at people and dragging you out of your house. So. <laughs> but hey, Lee Camp, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, everybody, be sure to follow him on Twitter, support him at LeeCamp.net, and uh, anything else before we go, bud? 
No, that's it. Keep fighting out there. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, for everybody, for listening in. You'll see this podcast on the uh, We Are Not Cattle website, wearenotcattle.net. Also, check it out. I will put it up on the YouTube channel, We Are Not Cattle TV. Thanks so much to our guest, Lee Camp. And uh, like you said, keep fighting out there, everybody. Oh.